Hello and welcome to Talking Crit with Bad Mike. My better half. Better. Yeah. All right. Well, bigger, bigger half, maybe not better. Oh, excuse me. Now, of course, if we start to say, oh, I get yeah. gas, and I'm oh, I'm I'm ten car the gaseous one. Um, so we actually had a guest planned for this week, but the guest had to reschedule. Because and it's the topic that's going to come up in the show to talk about the wonderful wily world of Kickstarter. Uh, apparently, Kickstarter is is taking a while to approve certain projects these days. Uh, projects yes, that they we, figured, were, we were supposed to supposed to have the hair on tonight. Uh, ben Barsh, who um, talked about their new Kickstarter and their Kickstarter is now not to be released for a couple weeks, two three weeks, and uh, I don't. Um, I've heard a few other people. I know Tom Wilson talked about it recently about how long it's taken him to get approval on his latest project. And I've heard this, I think Greg Gillespie had the same issue. And so uh, apparently they're just taking a long time. And I don't know if this is because lack of, I don't know if that has to do with some of their union. Cause you know, they had a bunch of union problems. And, oh, that's well, right. The problems yeah. were they, they were going to unionize. They wanted to unionize. Right. They got a bunch of pushback. And so, I mean, this is absolutely pure speculation on my part. I wonder if some of the union uh, concessions were, yeah, well, you can unionize, but we're going to have to cut payroll. by, And so maybe that's why they're taking a long time now, because they don't have enough people to approve. Um, I've heard people say it's because they used to do a lot of Kickstarter just automatically. They would just pass. Of course, that's right. how you got Ken, Ken Whitman doing six Kickstarters at once. And, oh, and you know, come on. What's wrong with that? The, the Wandering, Wandering Wizard, Wizard doing three. Yeah. So I think they're, they're doing a little more eyes on now, apparently. They, they really are trying to personally approve everyone. So that takes a while. But for whatever, whatever reason, it looks like um, Pacesetter's new Kickstarter is going to going to be a while and so we were going to have Ben Barshawn to talk about that and other wonderful stuff um, and we decided it'd be better just to um, postpone it a few weeks that way he could talk about the Kickstarter when it opens because turns out we're the newest um, we're the new hot uh, venue to go to if you want to promote your Kickstarter Indiegogo because we, we have been the good luck charm for a lot of these recent uh, uh, Kickstarters and um, most recent being is uh, Greg Gillespie's Dwarrel Maze which is going to end in about, oh, it says 24 hours to go. Right. And he is at 61000 Oh, it just hit $61,900 American. Nice. Which, is, which Canadian, Canadian, we're talking 78000 That's That's pretty darn good because I think the night he was on our show was the first night it started. And I want to say we were happy to get him above three thousand or five thousand. We're like we're just you know. Come on, the, the success is all on, is all on us. Greg knows yeah. it, man. He's well, saying, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, by the way, folks, if you if you if you're not watching at home, if you're listening, I am wearing my ShireCon here. I'll pull. The, I'm not gonna pull my shirt up off. It's pulling, pulling up a little bit. My ShireCon shirt. Uh, ShireCon is happening in September in Connecticut, in I think it's Falls Village. Um, it should be a lot of fun. It's a, it's a day and a half kind of. I think it starts on the Friday night before. So that would be great. That I'm glad that we got cons coming back. That is going to be awesome, and I wish Tom a lot of luck with that because I know that he was really bummed out about having to cancel last year, which obviously a lot of cons had to cancel last year. So yeah, but, but yeah, that's that's great to see them back and 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 rolling along. So uh, good luck to. Shark, I I'd love to go, but they're going to have to be two days before I go. I I can't 
travel that far just to go to one day con. So Todd, yeah, whenever, whenever, you, whenever you get two days, I'll be there. We'd have to make like a New York City vacation slash con weekend for you, Mike. We'll have to right. have to expand upon it for you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, 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 I guess I finished. I was going to say, uh, but the, the point being is that we were we are we were going to have Ben Barshawn. We're not. We're going to uh, postpone him to later on. And I want to make the point that this is the first non-special guest show we've had on in about six weeks. We've we've been a oh yeah we've been a pretty good role with special guests because not including the total con week we had what four special guests that week. Yeah, I think I want to say we've done six in a row. So that's you know. But we know that you bad. all you all love uh, Mike and I. It's kind of like Mike and Ike's, but just instead of Ike, it's Eric, yeah, ten o'clock. Uh, whatever, whatever. But. So, and since we're on the subject of Kickstarter, I figured I would touch on another Kickstarter bit of news. Kickstarter, uh, I, I guess. If you're told to resign, is that really being fired, or or is that the say we're giving you the chance to save face and letting you resign as a mutual decision uh, type of deal? Is that is that a you're fine? being fired? You're being fired, but you're being fired in a nice way because uh, otherwise you could be like the um, the showrunner for the show Let's Rise or, or, or All Rise, which I just was reading an article today. He he got very unceremoniously fired from his job for making racial comments and, and such. So that's actually nice. fired. He didn't resign. He fired. He fired. So I think this guy was told it's either fired or resigned. And right. He, and and I you know listen generally speaking, you. you uh, you, if if for your resume you'd rather resign, but if you figure you're being fired without cause, you'd rather be fired because at least you can collect unemployment. And since we're in the world of COVID, that's an extra three hundred dollars a week towards your benefits. However, he would be fired for cause, I believe, for the, for what happened, and it it wouldn't be entitled to unemployment benefits. So yeah, I think I would take the uh, I'll take resignation for two hundred, please. And he. he <laughs> Well, also, his position there, and, and considering that what Kickstarter is worth, and I have heard, uh, I may have read it, I don't know, but he he owns stock in Kickstarter. He's going to be just fine. He is not like he's going to be in the trash can digging for bottles next week. He's uh, apparently he has he has a um, stock in Kickstarter, so he's going to be doing just fine. So it, it was really a. You know, it, it was a. I'm sure it's very damaging to his ego and his reputation, but in the long run, it's not going to hurt the guy financially one bit, I don't think. All right. So here's a little bit of the details. Lou Crane uh, decided that he was going to put together a Kickstarter called uh, The Perfect RPG. And the idea of The Perfect RPG it was to get a lot of independent indie style RPG creators to put together these, I don't know, short RPGs, a page, a couple of pages long. And it would be in the perfect RPG. And the idea that one of these games will be the perfect RPG. And he, I guess, during his pitches with these independent creators, uh, said, hey, this, these are the people that are on the project. And then when he listed the Kickstarter as one of those pre-release uh, pages, he listed people that were on the project. Mm -hmm. And the mock-up cover listed people that were on the project. However, which is always a however, mm. however, he left off one Adam Cobell 
from the list now. And what is Adam Covell known for, Eric? Uh, if you're gonna move, move. If you're not gonna move, don't move. Kind of <laughs> right? Isn't that isn't that uh, what it says in Dungeon World? Yeah, Dungeon. Well, so he's 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 Dungeon World guy. Um, uh, Adam, or I'm sorry, uh, Luke is the uh, Burning Wheel guy. So they they right. both they they have skins of the wall. They both have skins of the wall, and they're buddies. But um, um, Adam, or I'm sorry, who's who's the uh, Dungeon World guy? It's Adam, right? Adam, Adam. Yep. He had a um, he was doing pretty good. He had a podcast. He had a live play, um, and he was running a science fiction game. So I mean, you know, he's he's running along. He's doing pretty good. Uh, you know, he's, oh, he's uh, fair, he was also, fairly. He was also attached to the Dune RPG. Dune art. Yes, he was working on the Dune the new Dune RPG. Um, he was running along okay, and and then it all came to an unfortunate, sad, <laughs> crashing end uh, one week when he just decided it'd be the greatest thing to do would to have one have one of his female players' characters sexually molested in a game that was a uh, that was online <laughs> that was because, on YouTube. Uh, yeah, because you know what? That's always what I want to do, and with any player. I, I love to I, I love, love to role play those when I'm role playing. Yeah, nothing more than to sexually molest my characters. That just makes me. I, I've got this machine over. that this machine is going to sexually molest, and you like it. By the way, you're going to yeah. It was a sci-fi game, and the the female um, player was actually playing a male character, and she was hooked up to a, what was called an orgasm machine. <laughs> It's just so stupid. This whole thing's so stupid. And so, yeah, she didn't want this to happen. And she didn't, you know, she was like shocked. And he was like, oh, no, you love this. This is great. And, you know, it's just, it's just stupid. It was just stupid. So afterwards, she felt dirty, which any, I mean, anybody would. Oh, and so yeah, she, quit. She, yeah, she quit. She said, I'm out. And so I think pretty much all the players. The X card should have been used. You know, it's like, <laughs> yes. I don't believe in the X card, but. Dude, you're talking raping time my character. Yeah. Time out. Time out. Can we pause this live stream? Because you're fucked up and I need to talk to you. <laughs> it's just, I can't imagine being one of the players there, my jaw just going, mm, what? Can you, can, you, can you imagine being one of the other players at the at the uh, virtual <sighs> table? And it's like, did I just, did he just yeah, say, well, huh? what? It, 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 isn't that, wasn't what that kind of machine your, was that? That was a machine, like a, a blender? No. What did you say what, it was? Wasn't that that movie like Sleeper? Uh, <laughs> Sleeper, yes, with Woody Allen, yes, with Woody Allen, with the orgasm machine. Uh, but this yeah. is not that. Oh, and and if and listen, here's the thing too. You're doing this as a live stream. Um, you there's a comedic value does not does not play well when it comes to rape. All right, especially no. when you're spraying it on somebody. Yes. There's no comedic value. And if you were going for shock, you certainly got shock from your, your maybe when your you're players. thirteen. If you're thirteen, your buddies, and you could do like we did when we were like sixteen, which I should admit this, but it happened fifty years ago. But we yes, we used a twelve sided die to roll to see how big our penises were on our characters. That's something uh, a sixteen year old kid does. That's yes. not something an adult does who's running a game online that's being broadcast. You don't do things like that. If you rolled the twelve, did you get to roll again and just add the number? No, because you just you just were like thumbs up, like awesome. All right, and, uh, if you rolled I'm, a one, you were, I'm you were long down silver. Yeah, you, you were you merc go. mercilessly uh, chided and laughed at if you rolled a one. So, 
Oh, um, well. it, it, it was a it was a play test for Fatal. No, no but no, oh, but yeah. So so, oh, so so she quit. Oh. This this um this fine lady quits, and pretty much everybody else in the game quit too. In in solidarity, and things came crashing down rapidly after that because the podcast was or the uh, the stream was canceled, and this guy was pretty much canceled too. He got um he pretty much just booted out of the business, lost his uh, deal to be doing the the Dune. Um, Imperium RPG, and um, it's huge. I, mean, I, I don't think he's it. he's done much since then. He's pretty pretty much been. Def- I, I think right. he did apologize. I think he did apologize or did one of the. I'm sorry that everybody got offended. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I'm that. sorry. Everybody got offended. I'm sorry. I got caught. I'm sorry that you are upset with me. I personally don't think I did anything wrong. However, I am sorry yeah. that you feel I did because you feeling I did. Is fucking with well, my mind. Well, and he, I think he also did the, he did the, you know, I think I'm not going to do pot streamers. Any, he did the whole long thing where I'm not going to do streams anymore because obviously I need to take some time by myself and and think about what I did. You know, so when he did one of those, right. I'm, I'm going to beat myself with a, you know, I'm going to wear a hair shirt, beat myself with a flagellation whip, and and you know, or I'm just, sorry or, I did anything bad. Terrible judgment. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, that's <laughs> terrible judgment. I don't know if he should have oh. been kicked out of the industry for it. I mean, it's stupid, but you know, okay. So that's just the world. That's where we're at now. I'm sorry. That's just right. where we're at. So, 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 so that's the background we have here. So, so, so he's not been working for a while, and his buddy is is um you know consumer whatever head of Kickstarter. Right, uh, and vice, vice president, recent nice. promotion too. So mm-hmm. it was like, all right, you're, you know, you were head of gaming RPG over whatever. Right. Oh no, we're gonna move you up in the world. We're gonna put you in community because you're fucking awesome. You, you are, you are Luke Crane, and uh, you, you know, we have complete faith in you. Even though Luke has run Kickstarters before, where if people complained about, like, oh wait, sorry. Not even complain. If somebody slightly criticized the way the way something was going on it, his solution was you're gone, refunded, off the project, no longer backer. Kickstarter doesn't obey its own rules. They don't. They 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 are allowed to break their own rules. They, they and, rules for thee, not for me. Yes. Fuck you. Yeah, uh, there's been plenty of cases where the Kickstarters had a conflict of interest and. If you or I did what they did, we would be immediately booted and probably blacklisted. They're allowed yeah. to just, you know, go along because they're allowed to break their own rules. And so maybe he thought, maybe he had hubris here and thought he was, you know, hey, I'm just going to break my own rule here and not tell all these people that were doing the perfect RPG that I've got this guy. Uh, I'm going to hire him on there because I want to give my buddy work. And I'm not going to tell him that they're working with yeah. a guy who basically ran a sexual assault on a. On YouTube, right. it wasn't a real sexual assault. We right. just wanted to role play a sexual assault, and as we all know, role playing is just a game. So it was a game of sure. sexual assault. That just sounds even worse. I'm sorry. Let's have a game of sexual assault. No, you can't do that. No. So what? What? What Luke did? Because, and by the way, Luke says, and I te- when I explain this to you, you folks are going to tell me, uh, what the fuck. Luke's excuse as to why he listed the creators of this project on the Kickstarter page, reverse alphabetical by first name, thereby putting Adam Cobell at the bottom of the list, um, was because he wanted to highlight the person that by reverse first name 
I really wanted to highlight their work. So I'm going to put them on the Makes top of the list. perfect sense. Absolutely Makes perfect sense. Perfect yeah. sense until the moment that you get caught with your hands in a fucking cooking jar. And then you're like, uh, no, really, I was putting cookies back in. I don't know what you were talking about. These crumbs, these crumbs fell out, and I have to put them back in. I'm just doing you a favor. No, you weren't. Now, now here's the other funny thing, too. This, and this was pointed out if you looked at the Kickstarter's comments. Now, a lot of the comments were removed. Now, I'm not sure if they were removed because yep. people got kicked off the project or if they got removed because Kickstarter removed it. My experience with Kickstarter is you pretty much have to be over the top to have Kickstarter remove your comment. In my case, when the creator of Myth and Magic uh, didn't like the comments that I was making oh, yeah, on my own this. blog, yeah, that's a great one. Um, and uh, when he decided to, oh, we're shipping stuff, and I was like, I think I might, I might even send a comment. Holy shit, we're shipping stuff. Must, it's, 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 it's the sign of the end of times, man. The apocalypse is here. Or some <laughs> other snarky comment. He goes. And here is uh, ten True Blue Knight slash ten cars uh, shipping information and gives my shipping info out. <laughs> so yeah, and it was, it was it was only the USPS postal code, yeah, which happens to be the list where I live, right? So it was a weekend. I reached out to Kickstarter and said, "This is basically fucking bullshit. I'm being doxed and poorly at that, but I'm being doxed by by a real." douchebag and they removed it and gave him a, a, a little bit of a slap like don't do that again that's wrong so they actually removed it i was impressed that they removed it on a weekend you say this is a couple of years ago uh, they were they were a smaller company who knows how many people were actually you know working i'm sure it was the intern that had to take care of that but yeah whatever so not only though did he pull this thing and like i said you can go and look like you. I don't know what the pre-release looked at, but if you go to the per, uh, perfect RPG at Kickstarter, and if you can't find it by looking for it, because I couldn't, you got to look up um, Burning Wheel, because that's another thing. Apparently, he used to be known as Luke Crane if you looked him up on Kickstarter, but Kickstarter does not allow you to change your company name. But he changed his name to Burning Wheel because he had access. So, or, or burning crotch or whatever it refers to. But in any case, because he's like a venereal disease at this point, I think, with what he did. I, I like, I'm not saying he is. This is opinion. I'm not. We're, I'm no, not, we're, I, we're not in Canada. You can't sue us. We're, we're Americans. Right. Yeah. Go, go, go fuck yourself. But in any case, um, he apparently said, let me make this a staff pick. Kickstarter that you should be you made, his own, you know. made his own project a staff pick. There's no conflict of interest there at all. No, it's don't look behind the curtain. Put, no, put no. Money in my, and now, now there's an interesting funding. But it, it was true. It was a staff pick. He's staff and he picked it. It was a staff pick. It works out, makes so, perfect sense. And I, I'm not sure the exact prices. I don't and I don't have the, uh, the the Kickstarter in front of me for the funding levels, but it was something like 15 for the PDF. But 16 for a print copy with the PDF. Okay. So you're trying to push it. But you have the option of paying double or triple the price for the same product. If you wanted to sub to support the backers, not the backers, I mean the creators more. Because you want to put more money into the hands of the creators, just pledge more money, which is great. But if you looked at the mock-up of the cover, 
the front and back cover, which listed all these important names on this Kickstarter, you would think Adam Cobell is the one name that I think I recognized. <laughs> not on the cover yeah. mock-up. Why? Why would he not be on the cover mock-up? Because he wasn't on the on the uh, Kickstarter pre-release page to psych everybody up. He wasn't mentioned to the other creators. So yes, uh, Luke claims that he had no. There was no attempt at deceit on his part. It was just uh, poor communication. Um, and what poor communication means in this case is that I got caught in my deceit. I should have. I should have. I should have put a little bit more effort into my deceit. So it would have worked a little bit better. And instead, uh, no, I, I, I didn't. And I got caught. I and then, caught. and then, much like Adam's issue, uh, once people found this out, they started dro the creators dropped out, and it just it got yes. a little. I think it shined the light, and that's Kickstarter. They don't like to shine the light on the fact that they break their own rules constantly in every which yes. way, whatsoever. And so, I think this this was just so egregious in the terms of you know well not only did he make his own project a staff pick but he put somebody on there without anybody else knowing the project no i mean it's just there was just too many too many red flags there and somebody had to go down it was and it was him and and like i said i think he's he's got he's got kind of a golden parachute because I, I believe he owns stock in the company so it's not like he's digging around the trash can for you know bottles to return anything right now but but it was pretty i think it was quite embarrassing probably to kickstarter to have that happen oh uh, no, this, this, this was this was covered on the uh quote news sites that cover geek stuff so i mean it it, it hit those things and of course it hit it not because of well luke crane uh, abused his authority no in fact because <laughs> luke crane snuck in adam cobell i didn't sneak him in i just kind of shoved him under the rug and then pulled the rug back gently to reveal him. It wasn't a sneak. Yeah. You, a sneak, you just didn't look far enough down the page because he's all the way at the bottom. You know, you just didn't look far enough, man. As Bob, Bob G says, why the hell even list yeah. this guy's name? Hire him on the side. You know, you could have had him. You, you, you right under a pseudonym. It. Yeah, right under a pseudonym. But, I mean, isn't that what Garrow Sharka is doing? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, with Brophy. Like Michael, Michael Brophy. Because there's a lot of people that won't buy anything Sharka works on because they've been burned by Sharka so many times. They're like, I will not buy a Sharka. So all he does is he works for companies and changes his name, so you don't know it's a it's a Gareth pro it's a Gareth uh, project, right? That way, so so if you want to look at the Star Trek RPG, if you see Michael Brophy listed on the credit for any product, it means that Gareth Sharka worked on it. That, that's not a huge secret anymore. Uh -huh. I think they stopped. I, I think he's still working on it. They, they stopped using the pseudonym because it's like, mm, don't look behind the curtain. Oh, you're in front of the curtain now. Fuck. So, yeah, that was the perfect RPG. So the fallout from that was huge. And I've seen some people try to defend Luke, saying, I don't see what the problem is. Luke didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and Adam's a good person. Uh, listen, I don't know Adam from a hole in the head. I know Adam from his moment of stupidity, where somehow an, an adult, and uh, listen, I'll be the first one to say this. If you are in the RPG gaming community, there's a lot of similarities to this as there is to when I was in law enforcement, believe it or not. Because the joke when I was in law enforcement was that you're in a locker room, it's much like being back in fucking high school. 
it's dick jokes and everything else and practical jokes and the immaturity level comes out. It's like never mm-hmm. actually graduating high school. Well, you know what? If you're a gamer, to some extent, there's a good chance that some of that carries over. And you, your common sense fucking dies uh, withers on a vine. And somehow you think it's appropriate. And maybe it would have been appropriate with uh, an all-male party at your home game, at your table, in your kitchen, where you've played with these people for the last 15 years of your life, and you know... Oh, they're gonna find this to be fucking hilarious. Sean's character's gonna get raped, and they're all gonna laugh, including John. Oh, yep. Yes, you don't do that in a fucking live stream with people that you don't. You don't really fucking know them. I'm sorry. And to a female, yes, Bob. It's a nice shirt. I put again the Chiricon shirt. I wear it with love. Um, you just don't do it. So the common sense went out the window. I don't. That really is a critical. That's a critical fail. That's like uh, I mean, now. Now maybe uh, if we're going to quote five E rules, maybe he rolls disadvantage on common sense all the time. I don't know, uh, but uh, I, I painful and and the idea that Luke somehow said, "I will rehabilitate this this good friend of mine, this fine creator. I will bring him on to this project, unbeknownst to everybody else on the project." I will bring him on and bury his name at the bottom of the list, but I will bring him on and this will bring him back to gaming. He will no longer be exercised. He will no longer be unpersoned. He will no longer be, uh, uh you know, and I, I believe in second chances. I mean, the guy, you know, if he's even given a half-ass apology, I think his policy was, his apology was half-ass, you know, okay. So he should serve his time in the desert, you know, whatever off in the middle of nowhere. And then he, he can come back and, Give it another shot. I mean, you know, uh, everybody deserves a second chance, especially if, especially if you make a stupid mistake. I mean, you know, as we, a lot of us have made stupid mistakes in our life. You, you hopefully you can come back for it or said stupid things. Um, right. But but this isn't the way to shoehorn somebody in. You know that this this was not he he had not served his time in the desert yet. He he had definitely not uh, had enough time to rehabilitate himself. No 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 he did not he did not have his uh, come to Jesus moment. When it came to this, he was still, I think, probably bitter that he got uh, ostracized and 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 removed. And again, listen, I understand why Luke did what he did, but again, common sense. First off, too soon, too early. Second, uh-huh. how do you spring this on these other creators? Because not for nothing, it's not like you, you're saying. Well, these are a bunch of uh, general creators that no, these are a bunch of indie creators. Indie creators tend to leave, lead, lead, lean, lean, lean left, right? Oh. So who's probably going to take offense to you putting in uh, for dare I say it a rape apologist or whatever? Yeah. That's uh, not going to play. Well. How, how is that going to work? How does that come out? And you're going to go, well, that's a fine project. Hey, everybody. The comments in the Kickstarter section, when people saw Adam, the, does anybody know that? Did, did, did people do people realize that Adam Cobell is part of this project? Again, and, and you know it was for rehabilitation if you weren't putting him putting him in as a pseudonym. It wasn't like, but I guess you couldn't do the pseudonym because you're supposed to be all these 
named indie creators. Again, I don't know the names because I don't play indie games for the most part. But, I mean, this is what you're looking at. And this was uh, sleazy. And, and Kickstarter can be sleazy. Dandelion Games, how does Kickstarter compare to Indiegogo on stuff like this? I'll be honest with you, I've never heard uh, Indiegogo is smaller and seems to have less drama attached to it. And Indiegogo allows you to, as a creator, you have a lot more leeway into how you're running a project. So I don't, uh, I don't know. Like, listen, Kickstarter, we don't do fundraisers. We will never do fundraisers. Nothing for charity. Oh, N World needs a new server. Well, <laughs> yes, let's run a Kickstarter. And uh, we're gonna, yeah. I mean, I have no problem with, with uh, running, uh, basically a charity for N World. At the time, N World servers were crashing constantly. They had gone under attack. They uh, think denial of service, and I think viral. It was if if your hub in a community of gaming was N World, you you were fucked at the community of it, part of the community. So yes, mm -hmm. I can see why uh, Kickstarter was like, ooh ooh ooh, we gotta help. Let's break the wrong rule. But now, if I don't know, uh, Ten Cards Tavern, uh, I, I need a new, I don't know, MacBook because my MacBook died and. I can't blog post with our new MacBook. I need to. Uh, I, I can offer. I can offer more more videos for you uh, if you support this. Oh no, fuck you! You can't do that. I mean, <laughs> uh, and then again, it's 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 me. So I, you know, the biggest critic of, of Kickstarter. I'm one of the biggest backers, so I could see them saying, "Yeah, fuck you." You know, but um, especially if if Luke was in charge, because Luke again right. seemed to make the rules uh, as he went along. Uh, Bob, never looked at Indiegogo. Any good minis, dice, RPG stuff? Frog God Games has their smaller uh, adventures pretty much up there monthly on Indiegogo. There's a lot of people that use Indiegogo. Uh, when James Raggy sure. uses a, a, a crowdfunding service, I think it's Indiegogo these days. You can find good stuff on Indiegogo. I don't search it as often as I should because I'm a lazy fuck and I don't even search Kickstarter as much as I should. I usually <laughs> people just tell me I have a new project. By the way, if you are a Kickstarter creator and you have a new project that is coming out or is out and you would like me to look at it with maybe me highlighting it, I can't highlight it if I don't know about it. I can't talk about it if I don't know about it. Knowing about it does not mean I will highlight it. Does not mean I will talk about it, but mm -hmm. I can't know everything. So, uh, tavern at gmail.com if you have to uh, reach out to me. So, Yeah, we, we have a, we had a pretty good run of uh, Kickstarter um, uh, people. Uh, boy, I don't... I don't you pro uh, We had... Of course, during the Total Com, we had... Um, we had... Well, you well hell, you did all those... Z you did those uh, oh, Zine Quest. Like a million I, Zine I Quest. Went, I went Zine Quest zine crazy. crazy. And then we had oh Casey on the show, and then we had uh, we had Greg Gillespie, which, by the way, I'm looking, and he is probably going to tip sixty two thousand tonight. We're at sixty one nine hundred still. Um, so yeah, he's still got twenty two hours to go. So if you have not backed Dwaro Deep yet, please check it out because it's yeah. it's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, we had uh, and then we had um, um, oh gosh, uh, um, Christopher Chris Clark and his Kickstarter. Yes. Um, we had, um, 
Oh dear, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting all these people we had Kickstarter. We did a bunch of Kickstarter people. Oh, oh, we did um Mr. Jim Wampler and his Kickstarter yes. successfully funded. Uh, uh Courtney uh Courtney Campbell. Oh my god, Courtney, yes. Yeah, his, oh, his had, did had, very well. Uh we had Doug. Yes, yes. I can look at the list, dude. If you want me to? I, I, I was just trying to do it from my head, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, my brain's fried usually. No, so. we're both, we're both, get, we're both getting old. Levi yes. Holmes. Can't forget oh, Levi. Oh yeah, Levi. Yeah, Levi's. Uh, yeah. So, so we're we become the the go to for if you want to pimp your Kickstarter and talk about you know modern problems in gaming but uh and we will we welcome that role because we love talking kickstars we love talking to our friends and we love pimping people that we like to pimp so yes um uh i just think it's funny that you know we first started doing this back last year uh more often than not it was just you and you and i talking for you know two hours and then every once yeah. in a while we might have a guest which just pops money in so one of our friends mostly and we now it's become more like okay, well, we're really gonna talk to the guest and, and and honestly, it's easier to do a show like that, isn't it? It's much easier when you have somebody else and you could just throw questions at them and just you know bounce opinions and stuff off them. It's it's actually harder to do just you and I. Come, I mean, yeah. although it's not really hard, but it's just it's no. different. It's a different show because you know when we have a guest. It, See, I, I think some of the magic of having guests is watching them cringe when we bring up newsworthy <laughs> stuff that they don't want to touch on. It's like, oh uh, shit, you're going to talk about Kickstarter and how fucked up they are. I we should have been on the show tonight and been just ripping Kickstarter, have him just squirming in his seat. Oh, oh god! So oh god! The project is going to be uh, live in April. <laughs> that was April twenty. Yeah, no, sorry. Pace setter is persona non grata now. Never. So yes, so, folks. Yeah. I, I yeah, I will never be doing a Kickstarter, folks. Just so you know, because mm. if I did, I could not be honest about Kickstarter. And uh, listen, Kickstarter. If you ask me, is Kickstarter more bad than good? I would say it's vastly more good than bad. But not. But to not admit that it has this original sin baked into it is egregious to the community. You have to acknowledge it. You have to uh, say yes. It's got some nepotism built into it. It's got abuse built into it. Um, it. It has um, it has politics built into it, and to, to pretend otherwise is sure. is foolish. That does everybody a disservice. Doesn't mean it's not a good platform to sell your shit on. Okay, it just means it's not perfect. And if it was perfect, we'd be living in a fantasy world without rape apologists and. Rape machines and orgasmatrons. Thank you, Bob. By the way, for reminding me what it was called in in the movie. And the <laughs> orgasmatron. Get him <laughs> off the orgasmatron! Yes. You're gonna kill him. So, <laughs> so what? Else, so what else we got going besides sleazy Kickstarter runner people? Oh, we got a bunch oh. of sleaze, but we can talk a lot of sleaze bags this this week. We got sleaze bags coming out the coming out of the woodwork. So. Oh, by, by the way, I don't know if you can hear the karaoke going on outside. But, oh my I, God. Yeah, I heard something. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's, yeah, what yeah. That, that, uh, that's what it is, folks, just so you all know. All right. So do, do we want to go on to uh, which, which 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 property should we go on to? Should we go on to the candle oh, well, or, or the uh, Yeah, let's talk about Candlekeep a little bit because Candlekeep, uh, Watsy got its got its uh, weekly uh, nut kick oh. this week. With uh, although in this case, we, we might be siding with Watsy in this case because Eric I and I have talked about this, and I, with and I think um, 
yeah, this is this is a warning to anybody that wants to sign a work for hire contract that that usually those contracts are exactly what they are. Is that you are doing work for hire? And so, why don't you talk tell us about the candle keep mysteries of candle keep? So POC Gamer, who um, God, I can't remember their their actual name right now, but you know it's inconsequential because be honest, probably nobody heard of them prior. Uh, They talk about how. How their their blog is now relevant, and I had to go to that blog to check out how relevant it was. And they're getting good traffic, and their ranking is somewhere like three point five million on Alexa, which means yes, you rank on Alexa. Um, in comparison, uh, the tavern somewhere around one hundred sixty five thousand, and I still think that I'm a, not even a small fish in the ocean. I I I, I am plankton, so and that's my number. So if I'm plankton then POC Gamer is nowhere. But POC Gamer has been a frequent critic of Wizards of the Coast and how they handle their project. And the, part of the, the critique is that D&D uh, is treated as kind of like a legacy product. That D&D has a, has a history, and you have to remain, remain true to the history of D&D. And apparently that's, that's a problem, because it isn't, I don't know, uh, progressing the game, whatever. But in any case, what POC Gamer did is he he apparently was reached out to because as a frequent critic of Witches of the Coast because of, uh, I guess, diversity issues. Witches of the Coast, Candlekeep Mysteries, folks, if you don't know, was Witches of the Coast saying, listen, we can be a diverse comp- uh, country, uh, com- company. There. Folks, I am not drinking, by the way. Uh, you might see this glass <laughs> come up. But this is this is here. Let's see. This is hop tea without the tea, just hops and carbonated mm, water. Interesting. It's 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 uh, strata hops. Actually, it's very fucking good. And this would be this would be great on like those warm summer days when it's like I I want a beer, but maybe I don't want to get in tux. I can pull this out. But in any case, and the reason why I'm not drinking is because I drank during lunch at the pub. So I'm trying to be good. So I, I can't be still in talks from before. But in any case, uh, Wizards of the Coast decided that they were going to do Candlekeep Mysteries. This is where you got the uh, wheelchair accessible dungeon, which we, we've talked about. And you have apparently every, everybody there were, that was asked to participate in Candlekeep Mysteries was uh, – uh, what, what, what I guess I don't minority isn't the right word, right? These are marginalized. Right, marginalized. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I I am I am I am not hip on the on the culture. I am 53 and uh, I am a hermit in my house. So <laughs> sorry. Um, so in any case, and when I go down to my local bar, I am the youngest man there. This is the crowd that I deal with, just so you know. Right. So in any case, they reached out to marginalized individuals uh, and now, when you think about it, you're getting people who are not uh, experienced creators. Maybe they've been writing adventures for the home game. Maybe maybe they were self-published. But again, PLC Gamer, I looked up, I looked him up under his, uh, I guess, legal creative name, and I couldn't find anything for him. Um, I could have done wrong. I'm not saying he didn't, but he, his blog doesn't read like he's done any of this stuff before. So he submitted what he thought was. Uh, I'm going to say a fantasy heartbreaker. So he submitted an adventure 
but he was more he seemed to be more invested not in the adventure he was more invested in the lore that he was creating that was going to change the foundation of forgotten realms so basically so uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was yeah. looking at an example. This would be, let's say you were going to write a, let's say you got hired by Disney to write a Star Wars novel. You go, oh, this is awesome. They said, okay, we want you to write a Star Wars, this anthology. We want you to write a novel. It's going to have uh, Luke, Han, Leia, and it's going to take place, you know, before the revolution, we, you know, right after, right after A New Hope, the first movie. And you're going to write this, and we're going to have a bunch of, you know, books that take place between the first and second movie. Okay. But instead of just writing a short story, you write this whole long, involved history of all these minor characters, and and you write about you know you know all these things that they didn't ask you to do. They just ask you to write this short story, but you go into really in depth about Luke and um, Leia's relationship, and then Hans's all these this lore about Hans's ship and and him and Chewie's relationship, and you throw on all this extra stuff they didn't ask for, but it's just something you think is cool and you really wanted to add in there, and that's what what you weren't really hired for that because no. that's not your job to do. Your job is just to write an adventure. Your job is not to have all this lore that basically maybe the creators don't want that lore to actually, you know, be the lore that they want. I mean, they just wanted you to do something. Same thing. The TV show, if you write a TV, sh you know, you're writing an episode of NCIS. And so you have the main character. Ha he turns out he had this, you know, long ago love affair and he has a, and he has a, um, a secret baby that nobody knew about, and then the writers are going, whoa, 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 "Hold on, hold on, yeah. we just we just heard your episode of NCIS. We don't need all right. this back lore that we didn't okay." Right, wait, so that, but I, I want to make an impact on the world of NCIS. He wanted to make an impact on the world of Forgotten Realms. So the frog creatures, which I always, uh, you know, apparently there are different frog creatures than I remember. Grip, I don't know, they're Gripplies or something like that. In any case, the frog creatures were going to have this huge lore built in and lizard man and all this stuff. It was going to make them an integral part of the Forgotten Realms and the Underdark. And he had all this stuff planned out. And uh, apparently, they initially, when he submitted his work, they said, all right, well, we need these changes made. He made the changes. And then they stopped talking to him after they sent the check. He got his check. And then he was like, oh, okay, great. They must love the work I did. Awesome. And I'm going to tell people, listen, buy this, buy Candle Keep Mysteries, because I redefined, well, he didn't, I don't know if he said that, but I put this great lore in my adventure, which makes makes the frog creatures viable, and, and they have a culture, and then I get it, and it's like they took out all my lore, and then this, my frog creatures are called primitive, and I find <laughs> primitive to be offensive. Well, listen, right. listen. I think what he really found to be offensive was the fact that they said, look at this lore. All right, we don't need it. Now, again, no inside knowledge. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Here I am. I'm the editor at Wizards of the Coast. I've already sent this guy. Said I, I probably said, dude, I, I, take the fluff. If, 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 listen, this, this isn't a porno. We don't need a fluffer. Take the fluff out. We just want the adventure. I don't need, I don't need backstory. I don't need 2,000 words of backstory. Just take it out. And then he made a few adjustments and handed it back. And then the, the editor said, you know what? Fuck it. You already paid him, right? Yeah. He's not a he's not a real creative. He's somebody we brought in because we needed, I hate to say it, right? A name. We needed we, we needed a person of color. So we got POC Gamer, person of color gamer. Sure. You know what? Take out the fluff. Tighten up his adventure because I am sure 
POC gamer wrote an adventure like I would want to write an adventure, something that I would run, but not necessarily one that's going to be gameable by the public. So he handed it, or, you know, the editor hands it off to a staff writer who, or the editor himself, edits it out and says, all right, this is the finished product. So now POC Gamer is so upset that he's asked Wizards of the Coast to remove his name from further printings of Candlekeep because he does not want to be associated with the product anymore. And he's butthurt because they wouldn't allow him to change the lore of the Forgotten Realms. And that blows my fucking mind. I well, mean, he, he did, I, I mean, we were talking about this before. I mean, he just, I guess, at a certain point when he got angry at this and started to post about it, he realized he's never going to work for Watsy again. So let's just go oh, scorched yeah. earth. <laughs> let's just let's burn it all down because I'm never going to work for him again if I complain about this. And I guess he, in his mind, he figures his point is legit enough that he's willing to never work for Watsy again or maybe even work in the industry. I don't, I don't know. Like you said, if he didn't have anything ever published, I, I don't know what he's up to. Um, th th this is, I mean, it's a little... It's a little squicky for Watsy because I know in the past couple of years they've made a big point about trying to hire more POC, and they're they're, they're this is I mean that they had uh, Orion Black had a really bad uh, take on him. I mean he he really hammered them pretty badly about how they supposedly treat minorities that work for him. So th they're unusually uh, susceptible to this kind of um, uh, criticism. However, in this case. I'm kind of with you, Eric. I mean, you know, you're you're work for hire. I mean, you're you're not oh. hired to redo the Gripply race. It was the Gripply, the frog, okay. the, the people that the frogs that live in trees, not not the bullywugs or the frogs that live in the swamp. The Gripply live in the trees. Uh. And, and, yeah, and, and he was not, you know, he wasn't hired to redo the entire Gripply race. I mean, maybe he had a great scenario there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they're perfect within the rights to strip anything they don't want out of it and then just publish it as is. And and I, I wonder if he thought that well, they're not going to they're they're going to bend to my will because they've had a lot of issues with POC lately. So that they don't want to be seen as bad guys. They're they're going to. I don't know what his I don't know what his plan was. I, I don't. It doesn't make any sense because he, all he did was just get blacklisted. So I mean, that was yeah. your point. If that, you want to do that, that's great. I guess. I mean, and he. You know, I read some of his tweets, and the the tweets come down to is he kind of insinuates well D and D as a as a property. Is, is unchanging and they should they should allow it to change, but they say it that the, the Wizards of the Coast feels that it it has to it's it's a historical game and must keep historical standards. Okay. First off, it's not your IP. It's not yeah, you, and you, you, you don't know the reason you don't know the reason they didn't want you to change that. It could be any number that's like the, my Star Wars example. It's like saying, well, Star Wars just wants to be the same. They don't ever want to change. Well, maybe they have plans for Han Solo and Luke and and maybe they want to do a whole series with all new actors between the first and second movies. I mean, I'd watch that because I you right. know anything Star Wars is interesting. So you don't know why they decide not to go with your vision. But you're just, you know, he's just speculating when he says, oh, it's because they don't ever want to change their game. They've made a lot of changes to their game in the last 20 years since Watsy's yeah. taken over. They made quite a few, so. But, you know, if you're saying, well, they don't want to change, is it not want to change the game, really, or is it they don't want to change the lore? Forgotten Realms has changed and evolved with editions. I mean, remember between first and second edition, you have the, the Time of Troubles, and I, I, I read those fucking books 
those fiction books that, well, they, the books were better than the uh, modules that went along with it, which isn't a rarity back then. But uh, I read those books with, uh, you know, it's like, oh, the God of Death is gone. Now we got to replace the God, all this stuff. And really, all it was doing was it was shoehorning in the the changes to the rules between first edition and second edition. I don't know if they did somewhere between third and second and third and third and fourth and fourth and fifth because I haven't read fiction from uh, TSR, which is the coast, since the late nineties. So I really wouldn't know what later fiction uh, stuff did. But the thing is, the lore of something has to be consistent. So if you want. What it seems like a POC game we're trying to do was literally insert new history into the lore and then be able to say, I did that. And that's what I think it comes down to. He wanted to be able to say, I made them relevant. I inserted this history into the game. And that's me. And the next time they do an Atlas of the Forgotten Realms, that section, my section, I am now immortalized. And you know what? I understand it, but write your own fucking shit. Okay? If you're going to play in somebody else's sandbox... You gotta play by their rules, and you can't say, "Oh, well, you know what? I know this isn't in the sandbox, but I'm gonna create new stuff in the sandbox that I don't even control." But I'm gonna do it. No, get your own sandbox. I know it's work, but uh, you know. Now somebody brought up Dandelion Games. You guys care about Goodman doing a living Greyhawk type thing? I have not. That sounds interesting. I'm assuming that it would be their default world, which isn't really de de defined anywhere, I guess, for their uh, con convention and game store play. I mean, they've, they have, uh, you know, a, a certain, like, they, Cyclops Con seemed to have been successful. I think they have one, what, seasonally now? Um, so I don't know. I, I, Dandelion Games, if you know more about it, put into the chat. We'll discuss it. Uh, you're you're leaving idiots in suspense, and it's not fair to the idiots that you're leaving in suspense, which also includes our viewers and listeners. Right. Not fair, Dandelion Games. Not fair. Well, um, yeah. so we do have we do have a uh, uh, Goodman Games uh, Judges yes. Guild news, though. Yes. Mike, do you want to touch on that? Um, well, um, this is all we know so far is that apparently. Goodman Games has purchased Dark Tower lock, stock, and barrel. They own not just the rights to Dark Tower, they actually own Dark Tower now. So right. it is no longer under the Judges Guild um, uh, flag. It is now a Goodman Games product, and this could lead to a lot of speculation. Eric and I were speculating a lot of this stuff. Does this mean that and I've thought this for a while, does this mean the Judges Guild's for sale? And with the troubles that Bob had, and the fact that he is not making he's making zero money now licensing his product because nobody wants to license his product anymore. Right. Um, this may be the only way that uh, he keeps financially solvent in the last you know last couple of decades of his life because uh, nobody's going to license his product anymore. Um, you know it, he's got there's four or five really good Judge Guild products that could make you money. Unfortunately, they're almost all Janelle Jaquay's uh, stuff. And if Janelle Jaquay's isn't behind you, which she's not, she's gone on camera and said that she, did, you know, she's really upset about what Bob's done. If, if those of you who who aren't aware, Bob made a lot of uh, very anti-Semitic remarks 
uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago, and um, was pretty much banished from the gaming scene because he was absolutely non-apologetic about his remarks. Right. And, and it wasn't so, just about uh, it wasn't just about anti it wasn't just anti-Semitic. It was anti-gay, anti-trans. He listen. He if, if there was a checklist of people you could offend, um, Bob was going off and going. Oh, I forgot somebody. It was. Oh, it, was it was. Yeah. It was extremely old man, not uh, tone deaf, and it was just it was just like stuff that your that your grandpa might make a joke of that you're going to cringe at. Go. That's that's a joke from 1975. That's right. not something we say now. He just would absolutely post that on his Facebook page and not have any issue with it and say, why aren't you all laughing? That's a funny joke. And like, yeah, it's not anymore. It hasn't been for you know a decade or so. But so apparently he sold them. It's interesting in a lot of ways. Number one, um, uh, Joe and Goodman Games uh, has at one point said, we're not giving any more money to Bob. So I don't know how they got this without giving money to Bob. Well, <laughs> you yeah, know, so yeah, yeah. Bob got money. So I'm going to tell you what they say. This is from February 18th, 2020. Uh, we have discussed in this heartened body anti-Semitism, bigotry, racism, homophobia, and transphobia exhibited by the current owners of Judges Guild. So I'm guessing that was Bob and, and Bob the third. Uh, Goodman Games has stopped selling our previous Judges Guild products through all distribution channels. Judges Guild will no longer receive income from, from Goodman Games products now that sales of their titles have ceased. With one remaining product to release, which is a collector's edition, based uh, there's a focus on the works of Janelle Jaquez. Uh, Judges Guild and Bob Bledsoe Jr. have agreed to receive no royalties of any kind from the title. To say it bluntly, Bob Bledsoe Jr. and Judges Guild will not profit from the Judges Guild Deluxe Collected Edition Volume 2, focused on the works of Janelle Jaquez. Goodman Games will match 20% of the proceeds of this title with donations, 10% to the Anti-Defamation League, 10% to GLAD. Now, normally, uh, uh, on a later a later update, when this thing actually kick-started, um, they went on to explain that 10%, I think, would have normally have been what would have gone to... Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, would have gone to a judges guild. So now, yeah. just 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 to be somebody who's going to kick a can, and and I like kicking cans sometimes. And uh, here here's here's something to think about. Why is judges guild not to, they're not? To, yes, Bob to Bob the second. My humble opinion is a fucking loon. Okay, right now I think he's off the reservation, uh-huh. but. Why is Judges Guild looked at with such dismissive attitude these days? Because it's a state and the invincible overlord Kickstarter, which um, I have it on good authority, would take at least $30,000 to white knight and save. Not like not a saving job like uh, Pro Lords coming in and saving the memorial tomb because the money was still there. It just needed a project manager and some more hands-on to get it done. I'm talking $30,000 to get this shit printed, possibly even written at this point, because who the fuck knows what's written? Because if you want something from Bob, if you want proof that things are being worked on, you have to email him directly at some Comcast email, and then he will send you a paragraph from the book detailing a street. So that's your proof (laughs) that the project is being worked on. So if if, if you want to fuck you, uh, Bob gave everybody a nice little fuck you with that one. But here's the thing. 
if from that first project of Janelle's, $8,500 was what Judges Guild would have gotten, and that was donated. $8,500 is $8,500. That project could have been closer to actually getting out, even just in PDF. Even if you couldn't give us print books, you could give it to us in, in PDF and say, sure. have you had it, print it yourself at Lulu or whatever. But no, 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 the money got donated. And I understand why it, it all was, was for, uh, you know, public facing we, we got we got to make it look good and if we gave money to bob he could blow it on hookers and blow or or it's or maybe it's bob the third one yeah i'm not buy a, sure buy a swastika flag or something yeah yeah we don't want to be the but ones to do that but you could have put into the contract this money must go to making the backers of your kickstarter whole could have been done all right now all of a sudden dark tower is Owned by Goodman Games. Uh, Goodman Games has acquired Dark Tower from the Judges Guild and will republish it in fully converted 5e and DCC RPG editions later this year. Um, the, the original Dark Tower creator Janelle Jacquez will be included in design work in the new edition. So now here comes the speculation. Here comes the uh, Talking out of our ass, and this, this is why we make this why we make the big bucks, Eric. We make the big yes, bucks. This, 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 this is why you all tune in. Well, that and I'm sure somebody's waiting for me to pass gas while I'm recording this. But... <laughs> no, not really. Uh, no, we don't, we don't no all right, all right. Well, all right. But here's the thing: what else did they buy? Right? What 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 else was acquired? Well, well. So we did. So as a as an aficionado, aficionado, aficionado. Of Judges Guild, I can tell you right now, there's only four products worth anything. That's City State of the Invincible Overlord, which they've already effed up, and and my opinion will never be, see the see the light of day. I, I don't think it's ever going to come out because I think this whole thing is an admission that it's not it, it's untouchable at this point. Nobody's going to come up with it because anybody that tries to republish City State is going to be held responsible for what Bob's done and say, "Hey, where's my copy?" So that right. that's one of the products. Uh, Janelle's products: uh, Caverns of Thracia, Dark Tower, and Book of Treasure Maps, which which are probably I would say the three best Judges Go products out there, really. Um, and, and beyond this, there's, there's 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 some there's some niche products, but there's not a lot of stuff that you say is absolute classic. This is going to make us money. Uh, yes, um, uh, there's a couple of uh, you know. No, and one of them, Eric, is not a dwarven glory hole dwarven mine. That oh not, man, <laughs> that is not one of the products that uh it would make any money. How about how about uh was it was it a scrap faggot green? <laughs> no, scrap faggot green is not one either. Oh um, my, God. No. These, these are titles oh, that did sorry. not age well. I am sorry. No. But um, I don't know. Uh, it didn't age well at the time it was published. I think. What are some of the ones they reprinted already? Um, uh, they reprinted. Uh, oh, oh, Teagle Manor. So Frog God just did Teagle Manor. I mean, that's 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 considered. I would say a premium product, but there's just there's already been a quality reprint of it. I mean, we we just Frog God just did it two years ago. I mean, yeah. if you want to do another one, you're not gonna. All those people say, I have the hardback right here. Why am I buying another? Another hardback, you know, two years later. That I mean, we are we did it in fifth edition of Swords of Wizard. I don't, I don't, unless you want to do an MCC version, I guess. But um, Thieves of Fortress Bad of Baskar, which uh, was 
I guess that's that, that's so you got the top level. You got the top tier one, and that's the Teagle, that's your Teagle Manor, Caverns of Thracia, um, Dark Tower. Then your tier two, you got Thieves of Fortress, Batabascar, um, maybe the Wilderland stuff. You know, Wilderlands of High Fantasy, Wilderlands of Fantastic right. Riches, Wilderlands of the Magic Realm. They're very, actually very content light but they're great for sandbox building i mean really really good for sandbox building they're 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 incredible those those three products together pretty much make the entire judges guild world so that's those are considered you know the the you know they're they're really interesting i don't know i, I know that the necromancer games did a version about you know what 15 years ago um I, you know but that's like i said that's really not a lot of con there's not a lot of content yeah, try it's, buying it's really the Necromancer a, version, man. That thing is... It's a, yeah, that, it's out of print and extremely I, I, hard to find. You probably got to sell a kidney. Now, by the way, if you go to the Judges Guild website, they have eight products for sales. Now, everything's print. They don't offer PDFs. Now, you think if Bob had any brain cells still kicking in, like, any kind of gear... He'd go, all right, well, Drive to removed all my shit from the PDF from their PDF store. I just got to put up a PDF interface, and I'm sure people would buy it, right? They were buying it, I'm sure, when it was on drive-thru. If you make your way to the Judges Guild store, people would buy it. No matter, you might think he's, you know, the devil incarnate. Mm -hmm. doesn't make a difference. There are people that would still buy it, so... I don't understand. Maybe he doesn't understand PDFs. I think that might be it. But so, but, 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 so, yeah. so I say you have that second tier. You got you got Citadel Fire. Pro, maybe first fantasy campaign. That that's a Dave. Uh, I don't know if he. I don't know what the right situation is about. I, I'm pretty sure that that Judges Guild would own it because they used to buy everything. So you have first fantasy campaign, which is which is Arnis's first campaign. I mean, it's not really that great, but historically, so you kind of have that second tier. But then you got the third tier, which is just kind of the really common stuff like Ilhedrin book. Um, I don't know, Dragon's Hall, uh, maybe Inferno, a couple of things. And and then everything else is really bad. It's, it's just everything below that, it's just like it's not worth republishing. And you're not gonna make any money on it. You know, I don't know, Sword of Hope's pretty bad. Um, I'm trying right. to think of some really bad bad. I mean, uh Under the Storm Giants Castle's awful. I mean, just stuff like that. You're not gonna make any money on reprinting those at all. They're just they're just absolutely terrible. So so when it comes to money wise, like why would you buy Judges Guild or why would you buy product? When you really, if you're if you're going to make money, you're only going to buy the first three or four products and then try to reprint them. What's your Dark Tower, Caverns of Thracia, stuff like that? And um, coincidentally, those are, those are Janelle Jaquay's uh, items. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what Bob is really trying to do because once he sells those four or five products, that that's it. It's over. I mean, they, you're not going to make any money selling Restormal or Raven's Craig or I don't know. Try, I mean, you're just not going to make any money. Nobody cares that they, they weren't very good anyway. You know, Book of Ruins, stuff like that. They're they're. I mean, they're just they're anything nowadays that came out would be as good or better or you know ten times better. So I, I don't know. You know, honestly, if I were him, I would think about. I would have thought about just doing a look, just getting rid of all of it. Just say, look, how much? I uh, hear Judges Guilds for sale. How much? And then just having some hell, maybe Watsy would have bought it. I don't know. You know, I mean, I you know, I, I think right. the problem is at this point nobody wants to give Bob money, and so that I think that extremely downgrades the, the worth of his product. The fact that nobody wants right. to pay anything for it, and, and I'm sure he overvalues the product. Um, it, it's kind of similar to the, the legacy of uh, Gary Gygax's work. The longer the stuff sits not being sold or used or 
being out there. Oh, Kitty's going to make an appearance. Um, you know, the, the less value. The, oh, you have cat. Don't show your ass to everybody, please. <laughs> All right. And I know. I know. You want to be like your predecessor and make sure you get on the camera. I understand that. So, so John, I was going to say. Uh, so, some people brought up the fact that, oh well, you know, Goodman Games, you know, they still have this. They, they, have, they have this world. They have this and that. Here's the problem. They, they f absolutely fucked over every loyal Judges Guild customer with City State. City State is. Uh, I know customers that will. Ref they, that not only will they not buy anything that Judges Guild ever will produce. They will not buy anything Goodman Games ever produces because Goodman Games is, all, is still publishing stuff. They will not buy anything that comes out at any point from anybody. We have people from Frogger, uh, knowing this from Frogger Games, they would not buy Teagle Manor. Not because they didn't like us or Frog Guy Games or anything, but because City State had never come out and they got screwed over, and that was their only way of showing their displeasure towards Bob, because Bob was getting a percentage of the Teagle Manor sales. So, so when you say that, oh well, you know, they, they could buy, you know, I mean, I'm not picking on your job. I'm just saying that when they said they could produce expansions of Judge Gill Wilderlands, nobody's going to buy it. No. Because you're talking about your very loyal, you're you're you have to court your very loyal judges guild customers. A lot of people nowadays don't care about judges guild. They don't care about you know old style dungeons. You're you're trying to get that nostalgia factor, and the problem with the nostalgia factor is the guys that would buy it are they're they're out. They're out because of city state. City state that that broke them. They're like forget it. I, I'm not backing anything having anything to do that might put any money in Bob's pocket because Bob mishandled this thing so badly. I am not going to give them one cent. To do anything because I don't want to. I don't want Bob getting a cent off this. Um, so looking at it with that, you're already looking at this, okay. Your core audience has already been fucked over, and they're not dealing with you. Who do you have left after that? Well, you have some people that maybe haven't heard of Dark Tower, but are interested because they've heard it's a really good dungeon, which it is. Right. It's a good dungeon, and if you're going to do a fifth edition, I mean, notice they're doing a fifth edition version, and they're going to do an MCC version. They're not doing any kind of old school version. That they're not. They're not after the old school. No here at all they don't care about the old school dollar and they realize the old school dollar is gone for them it's absolutely gone that ship has sailed they're only here to see what translates well to fifth edition i think caverns of thracia would also i think that's a really good one they're they're probably maybe they're going to pop that out at some point um i think city state would have been uh but city state's ruined now uh so i don't you know i don't I know mean, just just the same city state, like I said, it will take at least a thirty thousand dollar investment. So now, if if Goodman listen, if Goodman Games wanted to say to uh, Judges Guild, and again, no inside knowledge, we're just spitballing. Maybe uh, Goodman goes, "Hey, uh, Bob, listen, we know you're a transphobe. Uh, we, we know you uh, dislike uh, gays. We 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 know how you feel about uh, Jewish people. However." We are willing to take on your 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 debt and obligation to complete the uh, the Kickstarter, and we'll give you twenty thousand dollars on top of that uh, for all for all rights to everything. Now, does Bob say yes? Because remember, Bob Goodman Games took a very public stance against uh, Judges Guild. They did a video stance against Judges Guild, so it wasn't you know. I, I think initially their their response to this uh, fiasco from Bob was lackluster, but when they finally made when they finally came out and made their real official statement, it was a strong statement. It, it wasn't lackluster, Eric. If you remember correctly, they were absolutely silent for weeks. Yes, yes. They, they, initially, they, to, to the point where 
good games, or not good, yeah, good games people are coming out and saying, hey, uh, do y'all have a statement? Because we're hearing nothing from you. I mean, you haven't said one word about this, and this happened a week, two weeks ago, and that's when they finally, I think, were just kind of forced into basically making that video with Janelle and, and Joe saying, look, we, we disavow anything Bob says, right. and that's, that's not who we are, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, I'm going to ask a couple, a couple questions uh, or a couple statements here. Uh, uh, Bob, yeah, Bob, Bob G has an interesting statement. If you were so concerned about not buying anything associated with gay people, you would not buy anything. That's I, true. I, that's true. But listen, Bob's issue isn't necessarily what he said. The issue is he's got a fucking project out there that right. hasn't come out. He hasn't updated in, I think, last May was the last update. The, and his last update was, was what was me? What was me? I should have gone to the hospital, but I didn't go to the hospital because this project was just so important for me to save every dime. I gave up on my car. I didn't get a new driver's license because I should have my eyes checked, but I can't afford that. But 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 what was me? So don't don't get mad at me because yeah, I mean, I mean, get done. I mean, Gareth Skarka never came out with Far West. Never came out with Buckaroo Bonds. I took people's money. Didn't care if Gareth Skarka. Um, Pimp the product tomorrow. Would you would you put any money in there? I don't care what kind of a person he is. He could all his money to charity and you know and, and be saving kittens in the street. He re, he started to rip people off. And that so you're not no, you're not gonna give Gareth any money anymore because he's already no. said fool me twice. Ha ha ha. Here's the money. So it's more about what has he done with projects he's already had. And the problem with Bob is he already has X a thousand dollars of everybody's money that we're never gonna see. Look, city states never coming out in, the, in, the, in any kind of form. I, I have inside knowledge of this, and I will tell you right now, what was actually done on city state is absolutely un—it's it's unpublishable. They, they would have to start from scratch and republish everything, or re rewrite everything, because it's been so long. It was written for Pathfinder 1.0. That's how long ago it's been that this project came out. So to sell it again, you're going to have to rewrite it because it's written for Pathfinder 1.0. Well, nobody's buying Pathfinder 1.0 anymore. You're going to have to rewrite no. it for 5th edition, which is going to be a complete rewrite. So you're looking at rewriting, completely rewriting. So you say, it's just not coming out. It's not going to happen. So it's more about what they've done to F people over more than this is a bad dude, but everybody's a bad dude. And, and I'll also, I'll, I'll, I'll disagree a little bit. There's bad dudes and there's bad dudes. I mean, there's certain things I can deal with, and there's certain things that I don't even want to touch with a ten foot pole. And, right. and I think in this case, and I, I, you, I used to consider Bob a friend. I, I, I he's, he's a nice guy. He's a very nice guy. And Eric's met him. He, he's a he's mm -hmm. a nice guy. He, but you know what? You, you if you absolutely refuse to change what is what is absolutely a wrong opinion then that's there's something wrong with you but when something that's you know when you can't see that what you're saying is harmful and everybody everybody is telling you look you know I, I was on bob's facebook page when this was happening he had long long time friends were saying bob just stop just he, stop at he, no, dug, he kept on digging listen the anybody. Deeper and, and deeper and here's the thing folks you know what you can have whatever opinions you you want and we have a freedom of speech, and that is is fine. Freedom of speech does not mean you're free from reactions or free from uh, any kind of liability that, that your reactions might give. So if the liability to you making racist and bigoted comments is that your business collapses, well, that's on you, okay? I, I don't – again, doesn't mean that your work is shit. 
but it does mean that I might go, all right, you know what? I don't want to give you money because you're a fucktard. All right. I mean, if you think, I mean, you can have the opinion that you think um, uh, cats are awful. I, I hate cats. Um, my, my partner, you, my partner, Doug Ray, my partner, Doug Ray does not like cats. He, he is very vocal in his dislike of cats. I, I can deal with that. I mean, it, uh, you know, I, I like cats. I've got two cats. I've had cats my whole life. I, I like kitty cats, but you know, that's something, okay. I can get past that. That That's not, that's not a deal breaker. Um, then there's deal breakers. <laughs> there's yeah. that people will say, you know, if you think that uh, women should be pregnant, barefoot in the kitchen, and you know, be never speak unless their man tells them to speak, that's probably a deal breaker for me. I'm going to say, well, uh, you know, no, no, no. That that's you know. So there's there's things that are deal breakers, and I think we, the problem with with Bob, I mean, you know, is as much as much hard time. And Eric and I have talked this before. It's many hard hard. Times we've given the wandering wizard, Mike Nistel, he did fall on his sword and say, "I'm a piece of garbage. <laughs> I should have been running Kickstarters." And I'm sorry, right. I'm, you know. So he he did. It wasn't like he just stuck to this opinion like some of the other people, like you know Whit, Whitman and Skark, and said, "No, no, it's all these outside forces that caused this bad thing." I I have perfectly, you know, honest motive. And I'm still going to come out with this stuff any day now. It's going to be published. No, he just said, "Look, it's never going to come out. I screwed up. I'm sorry." You right. know, anybody so that, who that, gives that, me and anybody gives me money in the future is a fool <laughs> because I'm a horrible yeah. businessman. I'm a terrible. I should never be. I should never be in trust with anybody else's money. And that I hate to say it is probably the most honest answer I've seen from any fuck up in uh -huh. this industry. Right. Which makes him less of a fuck up because at least he looked at himself honestly <laughs> and said, yeah, so holy I, shit. I think it boils down to the fact that if if Bob had had at some point had a statement said, look, I uh, you know, I, I could have drafted the statement for him. All he had to say was, look, look, I'm from a different era. I believe in different things. I've been talking to people and they've uh, instructed me that some of the beliefs I have are wrong. Uh, I'm willing to look at these beliefs and I, you may be right. Maybe these are wrong. And, and, uh, and I could be, you know, if I'm wrong, then I'm going to, you know, do some soul searching, yada, yada. No, no, it was, nope, I'm not wrong. <laughs> You're all wrong. Uh, I don't care if 90% of the people don't believe what I believe. Tough luck. And that, that, I think that's the issue. And even the people like you were mentioning, Bob, like, you know, big companies. Yes, yes, we all carry iPhones. And, and we know in the back of our mind this iPhone was made by some poor kid in India who was paid 27 cents a day. Yes, that's awful. That, I mean, that's terrible. We shouldn't – none of us should have iPhones, right? I mean, you know, so – but there's degrees of villainy. I mean, is that – the kid I don't have paid. an iPhone. <laughs> well, you're, you're smart. Yeah, yours was made by uh by you know people who are paid twenty five dollars. No, seriously, no. no yeah, all yeah. your phones are made by somebody making twenty seven cents now. I, all I all I know <laughs> is that when I order something from Apple, um, it comes from China directly. Mm. It doesn't get mm. shipped from the United States. I have to watch it get tra tracked from China. China. So no, they're, they're, well, they're, they've never done any human rights violations no, at all. They're, no. they're perfectly made, Yeah, it's probably <laughs> what the, the Uyghurs are, are 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 making the iPhone. Oh, yeah. for. At their rehabilitation, well, they're, uh, yeah, their country club. They they all yeah. the Uyghurs all live in country clubs, and they're all uh, happy frolicking in the park while they uh, get get paid thirty dollars an hour to make iPhones. No, so so yeah, you got to be realistic. You're right. I mean, yeah, it's all not good. And if you look at how the sausage is made, sometimes it's not very pleasant. But and you're right, that would totally paralyze us as humans if we sit there and said, you know, I'm not going to deal with any company that doesn't ethically source 
fill in the blank because it turns out that very few of them ethically source anything. But there's a point when you're asked to fall on your sword and admit that, yes, you do this is wrong or when you just say, no, I'm just going to go full speed ahead. <laughs> and I'm just, right. I'm just going to stay with, you know, I'm going to stay with this really bad. That's, that's a sign of self-awareness and it's a sign of maturity. And it's a, it, it's something that is hard to do. And I, I saw the value of it when I was working at the cop and I, and I was working with my CEO in the CEO's office and I was like, lad, I got to protect these guys. I don't know why. Cause they fell on the fork and sword. They fell on the fork and sword for their, for the, cause and it was their fucking sergeant that fucked up, but they fell on the sword, so I'm going to protect them. But because because there's some idea you you take, you you go all right. I fucked up. Maybe I didn't fuck up because I wanted to. Maybe somebody had me fuck up. But I fucked up. I'll take the responsibility for it. Not. Uh, I I'm apologize. Well, this is a, see. Like here's the thing. Bob to me. Bob's apology, if I recall correctly, was, uh, I'm sorry that you all think I'm a bigot. Well, yeah, and, and it yeah. was it was also promulgating a lot of the really weirdo like Rothschilds control the world stuff, and he was he was like, and his his apology was that, well, I realize that all Jews aren't the terrible kind that control the world, but the ones that do control the world are terrible. Okay, that's not really an apology. You're just you're just saying you still believe in the conspiracy theory. You just don't think that all the Jews are in on the conspiracy theory. You know, there's still some quote unquote good Jews out there. So yeah, that's right. you're not really apologizing for anything. You're just you know, you're just keeping with your conspiracy theory. You're just you know, and, and then the the worst part is everybody that knew Bob Senior said he was nothing like this, and he would be ashamed of his son. That people right. I know people that knew Bob very well intimately and they said he never they never said anything like this never believed this kind of stuff uh would just be absolutely ashamed of his son and grandson because they both are peddling these conspiracies here that soon so you know all all that aside i mean we should have spent so much time on that but i mean we had to get our that's our feelings so we have to let the feelings out but you know even with all that being said um he has to he's still gonna make money and he was making money off of Licensing his products now that he can't license, he seems like his his mo in the future is going to be to try to sell these products. It's just that I, besides Goodman Games, who else is going to buy his product? Well, here's the thing: he's got. I was saying before, he has a web store. The web store has a total of eight products, all in, well, not counting his shirts and shit. Four of them, though, are campaign maps: uh, Barbarantiva at uh, Altanis, Isles of the Blessed. Ginor and the city-state of Ramshandarar. The maps are two ninety-nine because they're print. You can get unknown gods for thirteen ninety-nine. The thieves of Fortress Badabat Badabaskar. Hardback limited run for thirty-three dollars, or Castle Book one or two, which by the way, Castle Book two is listed before Castle Book one, which tells me somebody does not have to work work a web page. Or nine ninety-nine a piece. So, or you can just like you can buy shirts. He's got like shirts. Well, he just ran, he ran he ran a Kickstarter not that long ago, I think, for uh, Thieves of Fortress Badabascar, the another reprint of it, uh, which I think some friends helped him with. But um, I, I think he, I mean, he made some money. I mean, I, I just he's he's not he doesn't have the constant stream of income that he's going to have when he was uh, able to license the product. Um, no, and, and so this, this this may be the wave of the future. I'm, like you were saying, uh, Eric, I'm interested to know now what uh, 
what else he sold that we don't know about? Maybe, maybe Goodman bought all of Jaquay stuff, which would be smart because, I mean, uh, uh, Joe and uh, Janelle were close. They're really tight. That, so, And that's the only stuff that you can probably get sure. from Bob yeah. that people aren't going to go, oh, that stuff is evil. We can't I, – I can't – oh, wait, it's Janelle Jaquay. Because even with this, they make a point on one of the updates about this whole situation that – Janelle was published by Judges Guild, but she's taken a whole different outlook on life and a whole different path. So it's her stuff, not Judges Guild stuff. So you're not buying something that was from Judges Guild. You're buying something that was done by Janelle Jaquez. And that's how Goodman has to bill it. So again, maybe uh, maybe everything of Janelle's was bought. We we don't know. And we are and, going to know for a while. I'll tell you what the sad part about all this is is that for for what last 40 something years uh, all the judges guild products have been judges guild products they've been held by one person who was bob senior at first now bob junior and i think what you're going to see here is it's all going to go here's one over here is one over here is one down here and that's the that's sad that, that you're not going to have all the judges guild products under one roof it'd be like if tsr sold off l1 and l2 to the family of Len Lakofka, and then they mm. they sold off the the N series to another company, and then they they sold R one back to you know Frank Menser. I mean, and so you don't have these products all under the TSR name anymore. It's kind of sad, and that's the same thing that's going to happen with Judge Gothic at this point. Is you're gonna you're gonna it's going to be bits and pieces here and there. I, I know um, a friend of mine, um, um, uh, Jeff Dale, whose real name is Paul Elkman. I'm sorry, Paul, <laughs> I forgot your name. Uh, Paul owns the rights to Inferno and uh, Treasure Vaults of Lindoran. Uh, Bob was very, it was nice enough to give him the rights back to those. He just, just gave him the rights back. I don't think um, Paul had to pay anything. He just, he was just an old friend of Paul's. And when his father died, he gave Paul back the rights to those. So Paul owns the rights to those. So those are probably the first things to ever leave the Judges Guild family, so to speak. Um, and uh, Paul's, a, Paul's a great guy. So you know, they're, they're in a good stewardship. But we don't uh, know I where this stuff may go. I think Janelle got back the rights for Dungeoneer. I think that that was something that he did. happened. He, he did yeah. give her the rights back. All, uh, he gave her the rights back for Dungeoneer, but if I remember correctly talking to Janelle, there was a question about whether or not she still owned the rights to it. And so I, I think rather than have a big legal brouhaha over it, I think she was just giving, uh, she was just giving back the rights to it. It was the easiest way to do it. Um, okay. But um, – yeah, I think this has something to do with the way she signed the because she sold the Dungeoneer to somebody else who then sold it to Judges Guild. So it was kind of a weird, weird legal kind of uh, way it went about. And it was it was very odd. And so and also I think at the time Janelle was like 17, maybe a minor. It, it was just it was real weird situation. So I think rather than to cause any problems, it was easier just to give her back the rights to Dungeoneer. Plus, that wasn't a product that was gonna make Bobble any money or very much money at all. Um, right. so, um, so yeah, that's, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm having fantasies myself and thinking if I didn't have any self-respect, I'd call Bob up and ask him how much he wants for, I don't know, Verbosh or, or Restorm or one of the ones that doesn't oh. get any publicity that I used to love as a kid. I loved Restorm or I love Verbosh. Oh, Dwarven, um, Dwarven Glory Hole. I'll, I'll yeah, I, I would buy objectives. Dwarven Hole, Glory, Glory Hole, Dwarven Mine for Eric so he could do whatever he wants to do with yeah. it. Yeah. Kind of, I'd be like, look at me. I've got my own Dwarven Glory <laughs> Hole mine. Come on. Come on. I, it, it's even better than Scrap for Faggot Green. It just, 
Scram Faggot Green, by the way, is actually a very good tournament adventure. Very good tournament adventure. They don't make tournament adventures like that anymore. And the, those were the only kind of, those are the kind of tournament adventures they only made in the 70s when tournament adventures were really, really good. I mean, like really good. You know, like like the Giants series. That was a tournament adventure. Um, you know, the all, all those classic ones that became, you know, the S series stuff. That was all tournament adventures. And so Scram Faggot Green is actually extremely, extremely good tournament adventure tournament adventures now are terrible for the most part they're not they're not very good i played in a tournament at gary con a couple years ago to help out some friends who were missing a player and it was not a very good adventure but um but yeah the the ones uh the ones back they were great they were great that, that so yeah that's a even though it has an unfortunate name it's a it's a very good adventure so um now since we're talking about legacies um uh, let's say this might be our last topic for the night if we can unless, unless somebody throws another one at us but uh something came to, i i've been getting asked is there a follow up to the uh e gary gygax will oh. Oh, well, real quick, before you get to that, I want to just yeah. so we don't miss it. Um, this last weekend during GaryCon uh, virtual, uh, uh, artist Jeff Easley was presented with the uh, E. Gary Gygax Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, well, well deserved classic artist of, of, of the second, I call it the second wave of TSR artists. First wave was was Errol and Jeff D and all those guys. Second wave was Elmore, Easley, Caldwell. Um, just a great guy. We have him at the convention every year. He's not going to be in North Texas this year, unfortunately, because of COVID concerns. He wasn't here last year either. Um, but uh, this is the kind of guy he is every year. He paints an original um, piece of art for North Texas, and he lets us auction it and keep the money. And it usually amounts to several thousand dollars. So he just a great guy, just an absolute great guy, great talent. Uh, so oh, far, definitely. you know, they've honestly, Gary Khan, for all the screw-ups they may have <laughs> running GaryCon, they have hit the e EGG award, Lifetime 2 award, uh, just absolutely perfect every year. Because I think I think the winners have been Tim Kask, um, Margaret Weiss, I know. Oh, I can't remember the third. There's another one. Uh, Tom Wom has been one. So the Everybody they've given the award to is absolutely deserving of the award, and then and Jeff Easley is definitely deserving of the award. He's he's probably he's one of the greatest uh, artists ever of TSR. So and congratulations. Very, very, he's approachable. He's is, a very, super is. nice guy. Nice quiet North guy. Just very giving. So I, I'm sorry, but yeah, that I just want to get that in real quick because he no he, no he, well, well it's really, he really deserved too. deserved the word des absolutely deserves the award and uh and congratulations to Jeff for winning that. Definitely. So, what's going on is still in the world of E. Gary Gygax. And again, I've been I've been asked this question a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. People going to the old poster where I mentioned that uh, Luke had filed a a new well a new old will. He filed a, a, a will other than the one that Gail has been uh, running or her business off of, or not running it off of, but whatever. And. The the whole questioning back then was how how can you even file a will all these years later? Well, apparently, because she never brought her will to probate court, so since it was never actually filed with the court, it can be disputed, and it is being disputed. And there is a court date now set for, I believe, June sixth. Um, it's, uh, it's yeah, you said it's first. It's we started in North Texas, I believe. So yeah, yes. I think it's right around June fourth, June sixth, right around there. I thought you said. Which is going to be interesting. I mean, it and if if Luke 
actually um, is given, uh, according to this will that he's presenting, I believe that he would become the executor of the will. That was that would mean that he would be put in charge of the Gygax Memorial. Guy, the it's it's the Memorial Fund and the oh god, it's the what, what's the what is the trust called? I forget, man. It's. Yeah, and case, as always, as always, we don't confuse the trust and the memorial. They're two different things. All right, trust, trust and the fund. If if you confuse yep. the trust and the fund, uh, one of Gail's personalities will threaten you with legal action. It won't be Gail Gygax. It will be Mrs. E. Gary Gygax that will threaten yeah, you with legal action. Totally different people. Yeah. Totally same Facebook <laughs> message, same thread, but each individual message was signed off differently. And then when I was going to take legal action, it was like, Mrs. E. Gary Gygax. I went, okay. So in any case, um, it's interesting because first, again, now I'm going to, no huge inside knowledge, but from what I have heard, through the grapevine is that this will that, that Luke has has been known of for a while, but I think the assumption was Gail is going to run the trust and and pretty much from what I'm gathering, uh, everybody in the family would get some benefit from the trust. Everybody, that's what I'm gathering. Don't I don't quote me on this, but. Now she hasn't she hasn't licensed anything. She's selling off physical copies of the collection, right? Through uh, Paul Stomberg. Oh yeah, they have been for several years. Yes. So the physical collection is going, but the right to Gary's uh, IP is owned by the trust. So if the trust goes from Gail's control to Luke's control. I suspect we'll see the IP getting out there into the wild. Maybe wild still has some value. I don't know how much value it has now. Every year. Well, she's done her best to, 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 to. She's done her best to kick the value down the stairs. But so you know, I'm sure there's there's still value associated with his name, but it's nowhere near what it was ten years ago. Right. Oh, and, and, and a lot and a lot of that's her her doing. I mean, for you know, she's got to take take a take the blame for that. I mean, that's. Really, because when you pull everybody's, when you pull all the products off the shelf of the guy, and you have people that I've witnessed this myself, who you see at conventions, and you talk about Gary Gygax, and they say, "Who's Gary Gygax?" and they le legit don't know who he is. It's because there's no products by Gary Gygax available anymore, and so because right. of the, if his name's not in the public eye, and uh, we, we've speculated, and there's been speculation with not even just us that that's why. Uh, uh, the contract they had with uh, Hollywood was dumped out of because yes. the value the value had sunk so low that what's the point of well, making you know I my, my my theory as to why the contract was was dumped out of is that because again what I what I had heard through the grapevine so again let's let, let's say grain of salt grain of salt unverified rumors is that when uh, Tom DeSanto was trying to work with Gail to license the IP, uh, probably to get um, a streaming service to pick it up as a as a series. Um, he needed Luke on board. He needed to have Luke as a producer. He needed the name recognition so he could bill it or, or you know sell it to uh, services. 
whether it was Amazon or Hulu or Netflix, you needed somebody to say, hey, this is, this is Luke Gygax. He gained with Gary. He knows this. You, you want him on. He's, he's lifelong yeah. military. He's got, he runs. And Gail. Personable. I mean, he's a personable yeah. guy. Great, great personality, charisma out the wazoo. Three beautiful daughters, beautiful. I mean, just everything about him just oozes. This is the guy you want as the front man to, to sell your product. Um, yep. Gail is quite the opposite. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's not going to sell your product. Uh, no. you know, she's a paranoid, so, uh, ex or wife, second wife who has not some posts on Facebook. She, she immediately takes down after she posts yeah. because it's, like, it's really it's stuff it's, you don't want to, yeah, be associated it's just, with. It's just possibly a little Lulu. But, um, my understanding is that Gail said that to, to the fact that there's no way in oh, some words that uh, Luke is going to be involved in any of this and make any money off this. So um, that was something that I heard in the industry. Again, can't verify it. Certainly didn't get it from Luke, so I don't know. But if that's the case, and now suddenly this other will comes up, right? And you're Tom DeSanto, and you're in this million-dollar uh, dispute, and it's like, wait a second. I can work with Gail, who might not have valid rights because there's another kind, because she never bothered to go to probate court. If she had gone to probate, probate court, this would be a non-issue right now. Or I wait this out, and maybe it takes two, three years, but then I can actually deal with Luke, who I know I can deal with because apparently I tried dealing with him, yeah. and he was very amenable to it. And if he has a valid contract, then the contract signed with Gail has no value. It's invalid, right? So why fight? Why spend money fighting for a contract that is likely invalid? That's why I believe Luke has a very good chance of, of succeeding because if DeSanto thought that Gail's contract had value, if that, if that contract was going to be upheld, because like, her will is going to be upheld, the one that she's operating under, then he would have fought for that contract because that contract is money. But if it's, if you're going to fight for a contract that is going to be invalidated anyway, you're going to waste money yeah. and you don't spend money. And that's why I think that the Santos lawyers, again, I am spitballing here, but I think the Santos lawyers looked at the situation and said, you know what? You can save yourself hundreds of, of thousands, if not millions of dollars in legal fees by just waiting this shit out. Let these two... let, let let Luke and Gail spend the money, and then we will deal with the winner at that time. In mm -hmm. the meantime, there's no no value in this because we don't right. know who's going to own it. Uh, so. Story of the mysterious second will again. Did Gail allegedly ignore? Uh, it wasn't quite like that. Uh, Eric can probably explain it better. Uh, well, um, from what I have seen by looking at the court documents, the second will in question isn't even an original copy. It's a photocopy of the original second will, which the original second will apparently is uh, missing. All right. Neither will, however, was filed with court prior to this. So now you have two uh, dueling wills. Again, my understanding is the will that Luke has has a later date than the will that Gail has been operating on. And on the surface, you're going to say, well, if it was written closer to his death, that's obviously his last uh, his last thoughts on the matter. 
Gary's last thoughts, and obviously that's what you would assume you would go with. Now, the um, the court date has been bounced twice, both times by Luke's lawyer. So, again, it could be scheduling conflicts. It could be that Luke's lawyer is trying to get a negotiated settlement. Maybe it doesn't even go to probate court. Maybe it becomes, all right, well, maybe we split control or, or whatever, or we, we put control into a third party uh, and allow the third party to manage it, and we take the profits from that. I don't know. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of routes that can go down, and there could be a lot of reasons why. It could just be sure. COVID, COVID issues and rescheduling. But um, right now, it's, a, it's been rescheduled twice, and the latest date is, I believe, the first week of June. So it's, it's interesting. Um, now, my understanding is that this will was known of for a number of years uh, and was not acted upon. Again, I'm guessing because the assumption was that Gail at some point would come to her senses and operate uh, in a manner that would be beneficial to all the beneficiaries of, sure. of Gary's will. But uh, that's that's not happening. So No. Um, so a couple of things people have said here. Um, uh, Kuntz claims ownership of a few parts of Castle Greyhawk. I, I think that's a valid claim because if you ever – if you talk to people who were there at the time and – well, Rob will tell you this, but but if you go if you go beyond Rob, um, he was co he was co DM of Castle Greyhawk when he was a kid. That's how precocious uh, Rob was. He was a very creative guy, and and Gary he was kind of like Gary's like an adopted son. He was a friend of Ernie's, and a very kind of like adopted son. He used to come over all the time because he did didn't have a very great home life himself, and he uh, really got into D and D and and he would uh, he created his own castle El Raja K but he also created a whole bunch of uh, levels in Castle Greyhawk and he would be when when Gary wanted to play Rob was the DM Rob would DM Gary and then whenever Rob wanted to play Gary would DM him so uh, I think he probably owns some of that stuff and that's that's tough too because I think Rob is realizing at this point he wants a piece of the pie too and that's gonna that's gonna be tough because I don't think Rob has anything in writing. Um, while I, I believe a lot of Rob's claims, I think it's going to be extremely hard to prove, uh, just because I, I don't think there's there's very much, you know, in writing about. Okay, well, I wrote this part, but Rob wrote, or, but Gary wrote this. Um, this somebody was saying something about uh, Paul Stormer. Why? Oh, surprised the family Gary would be involved with selling his things against which his son. So you have to understand what happened here. So a after Gary died, um, Gail had a whole house full of Gary stuff. And um, she didn't know what to do with it. So Rob, for those who don't know Rob, uh, Paul Stormer, he runs a business where he basically um, specializes in selling items from uh, prestigious collections, like people like Rob Coons or Tim Cask or Dennis Astaire. He'll sell them with little handwritten, you know, our certificates of authenticity. He's been doing this, gosh, probably over a decade, way over a decade now. And so he's kind of the guy to go to if you have somebody famous's collection you want to sell. And so I know at the time um, she wanted to get rid of – I mean Gary had a whole basement full of stuff basically that he'd stuck aside. And she wanted to sell it, and so she worked out a deal with Rob. I, I don't think at the time that any of the Gygaxes said a word about it. I, I don't remember 
uh, Luke saying anything or Ernie or anybody saying, hey, you know, that's that's part of our money, too, because, you know, I, I guess they just assume, well, that you know, that's that's not uh, a property. Yeah, it's marital property. And I was telling Eric this before my my uh, my father was married. My stepmom, um, he died without a will and there was no never any probate of a will because there was no will. My brothers and I didn't care enough about to fight over the estate. So and the prevailing law was the wife gets everything. And that, that's how most, right. you know, most most states are is the is the wife will get pretty much everything if there's no uh, will that says otherwise. And in, and I think in the case of when Gary passed away, his kids decide, OK, well, you know, I mean, you know, we don't have any claim to it. And at the time, Alex was also living at home. I, I think the thought was that Alex is probably going to benefit from this a little bit, too. Now, Alex does not live at home anymore. Um, no. some, some say he was kicked out of the house. So uh, I think, you know, that may be part of it, too, is that, you know, now it's this is only benefiting Gail, no one else. No one else is seeing any of the money for this. But he he's been he's been selling this collection on and off. I think he has at least one Gary auction every, and I remember at the time I, th I remember talking to him, he said this would take decades. To I mean, there's so much stuff, just, just boxes and boxes of stuff. And he's, and he doesn't like to flood the market at any one time. So he's having like maybe one or two Gary auctions a year. So I, I just think when this first started, I, I don't think Luke or anybody protested the fact he was doing this now with, I think they've been talking to lawyers and the lawyers said, by the way, all that stuff that Paul Stormer is selling, you may, have a part of that this has made gail a lot of money over the past 10 years and i think at this point um if for those of you who are aware of the situation paul has moved the auctions offline they are no longer on ebay these auctions were on ebay for about 10 15 years and or, i'm sorry 10 years or so and now they're they are being auctioned on paul's private site now, they're no longer on ebay um I, I think this is this is sort of a a I don't know. This is an indication that, you know, this may eventually be something that the kids get part of also if this uh, probate goes through. That they may have a claim for these items that uh, the mom has been selling through Paul for the past decade. I, I think with Paul's case, he's just doing his job. He doesn't want to right. get in the middle of this. He, he's, he's, you know, I, I don't think he's made friends with, 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 um, with Luke over the past year or so, because I think he's very publicly taken Gail's side in this, but I don't think he's, ex he's necessarily wrong. And that at this point right now, where we're standing right now, Gail has the rights to all that stuff where we're standing right now today at this point. Now what might happen in the future, we don't know. And I think Paul's operating under that assumption that we don't, you know, when, if, if I think if, if, if Luke won the case and part of it was that you have to stop selling stuff, Paul would stop selling. I'm sure he would stop selling it. It's okay. Well, right. it's, it's no longer cut and dried that Gail owns the rights to all this, but he's just doing what a businessman does is that, you know, he was given a contract to sell his collection. He's still in the collection, you know? So, um, I don't want to speak for Paul, <laughs> I'm speaking for Paul, but I'm just saying the way I look at it is that it's not that cut and dried that, you know, Hey, uh, this guy's selling all of Gary's stuff and under the kid's nose. Well, they didn't have a problem with it until recently. And then they, I think somebody, like I said, they finally saw this is making a lot of money for Gail. And it has been making yeah. a lot of money for her for the past. I mean, I think pretty much every Gary auction there is makes 15 to 20,000, maybe even $30,000 per auction. And, and we've had what, 10 of these over the past, you know, decades. So yeah, there's a lot of money in that. You know, I mean, I mean, pretty much anything, Gary, you get a little certificate. I, I had a little certificate. I found, oh, let me see if I can find one here. 
Uh, I was just looking at one the other day. I was just like, oh, I have a Gary Gygax auction certificate item. I think I bought it. Oh, I can't find it. I don't know. What it is. I got crap all my. But yeah, so you get, you know, just for the right to have that certificate, people will pay extraordinary sums of money to have a, say, Dragon 165 that, that was in Gary's basement, was what it boils down to, you know, without even Gary writing or autograph on it. It was just, it, it was in Gary's basement, man. Right. It's, it's worth money. It's got to be worth money. I actually, I do have it. something. I do have something. Bam for a second, Eric. I'm going to pull something out here. I know uh -oh. Watch out, okay. folks. Mike is pulling. I'm going to whip. Out. I'm going to whip it out. Oh, here we go. Here's a Little Wars number nine, April 1978, and then there's the uh, certificate of authenticity. Authenticity. And I don't even remember where I got this. I I, I don't think I bought it original auction. Oh, I'm sorry. This is part of Darlene's collection. <laughs> But oh, this, okay. I, I do know where I got this. Then, okay, this part. Of, but this is what the certificate looks like. So all the items come with the certificate, except it says Guy Kayaks instead of Darlene. This is from Darlene's collection. Okay, I know where I got this. I remember, I bought some stuff from Darlene a few years ago. So that was one of the items I got from Darlene. Uh, or I'm sorry, somebody that bought that from Dar the Darlene auction. I bought a bunch of their stuff. So. Oh, okay. So you know, it, it's listen. How, if somebody says, well, how does it affect me as a gamer? Well, it affects me as a gamer because if the if the rights revert to the offspring, as opposed to Gale, it is likely you will see the rights being used. You will see them on the market. You might see them in media, and um, and not for nothing, as somebody who Gale's dispute with the term. Or, or, over the Gygax name, and by the way, my little research into trademarks so the last year or so, apparently you can't trademark a proper name, but I don't know. I guess Gail did. But in any case, um, when it comes to something like using the Gygax name for a magazine that Luke and Ernie Gygax were involved with, she sued them over using her trademark. That wasn't Gail herself. That was, I believe, the trust. Because the trust owns all things Gygax. So now it would be very interesting to see suddenly Luke and the rest of the offspring having control over. Well, and, and by the way, the, the things like that, when they happen, that is one of the reasons. I, I think when this first started, there was a lot of goodwill towards Gail. She she squandered a ton of goodwill because, you know, I don't even remember at the time they had the, the Gen Con auction. They, they gave the money to... The, the trust and then um, all the money on the reprints. Uh, I remember that the yeah the first reprint the first edition reprint books came out. They they donated money towards her. She had a ton of goodwill, a ton of goodwill at the beginning. And I think one of the things that started souring on her because she used to come to GaryCon. She would come to GaryCon the first few years, and I, and one of the things that soured her was things like that, like suing Ernie and Luke over a little piddly magazine that, you know, was not a, it didn't matter that that wasn't something she should have got all excited about, but she was so obsessed, which I think people whispering in her ear saying, you need to stop this right now. And she was so obsessed with, with controlling everything Gary for no purpose. Cause she's never published anything ever she's no. never done anything with it. So there's no purpose. She just wanted to control everything and basically money whipping him to say, look, I'll, I'll, I'll sue you. You'll probably win in the end because they. I think they would have won. But well, who wants to spend you know fifty thousand uh, dollars? Although I have heard, yeah, I've heard six figures on both yeah, sides. I've heard that they they spent a lot of money as it was. They spent a lot of money to basically come up with 
with nothing, <laughs> with nobody yeah. got anything they wanted. You know, no, you know. Get, I mean, Gail, yeah, Gail killed the magazine, but I don't know how that helped the estate of Gary at all. And you know, and that that cause that's the beginning of causing a lot of ill will with Ernie and. And, and I mean, I know, and she's whined over the years on Facebook about, well, I don't get invited to Gary Con anymore. Well, why would you? I wouldn't invite you to Gary. If my stepmom no. did that to me, I'd tell her to fuck off, too. You're not coming to well, my, just a little my convention. You know, if my if my stepmom had sued me over the Battle Auto name, and I would have said, no, well, fuck, you're not coming to North Texas ever again. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not welcome here. No. A little, little background on the on the uh, resolution of the of the magazine dispute because it never actually went to court. Right. It did, and what yes. happened was, um, what happened was there was an agreement that anybody who was going to be involved on the magazine had to sign an agreement. Uh, to and and, it, and I got this from people who did not sign the agreement. Um, it had a non disclosure agreement, so you couldn't discuss the fact that you signed this agreement. If you signed the agreement, number one. And number two, no disparaging comments about Gail. In perpetuity. You could never say anything bad about Gail ever. Video, written form, verbal. You couldn't say it at a bar. So, And and for what I've heard, Ernie and Luke got up from the table and walked out and said, that's it. Not going to do it. And good for them because that's ridiculous to have to sign that. So they they could have kept the magazine if they had signed that and been – all smiley face, like, oh yeah, Gail's running everything just great. But mm-hmm. you know that that that's that would have been a terrible, terrible deal to sign. Just we, to keep the magazine. We love Gail Gygax. She yeah. is the reason why he's doing a great Gygax. job with a, with a, with everything with the trust with the yeah with no, the memorial fund. Uh, no, memorial's those, great. Memorial's going awesome. Yeah, it's going great. Yeah, everybody that that virtual memorial that virtually might. That might happen virtually. No. It'd be different if they got a settlement of like, you know, she said, okay, and plus I'll cut you a check for a hundred grand or something. But no, they did, that right. wasn't the deal. It was you get to keep your magazine and you can't. And so, no, it wasn't worth it to them. It wasn't like the magazine no. was making any big bucks. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was a terrible deal. And and for those that don't know, Gail's um, brother-in-law is a lawyer. And and my my personal thought, I mean, I don't, and this is me just spit taking, but I think he's been giving her a lot of advice over the years. And I think the he's not a guy gax, and I think his advice is very tone deaf, and that he he doesn't care who he pisses. He, he's not; they're not involved in the gamer world. They don't know anything about no. gaming really, and they're you know. I just think he's given a lot of really terrible advice. It's really, like I said, she squandered a lot of goodwill. She had a lot of goodwill, and I don't think you could find very many people at all that aren't her. She has a couple of uh, what do you call? I don't know what you call sycophants. Yeah, she has a couple of sycophants in there that that oh, Gail can do real wrong. I, I think at some point maybe they're going to get a piece of the pie. I don't know because there's there's I mean, there's no logical reason they'd be befriending her and helping her but yeah except for that everybody else that you see pretty much online is like no you know they don't want anything to do with her anymore no nobody wants to, and she'll whine about it on her facebook page about nobody wants to be my friend anymore and i've got people hiding under my bed that are trying to set booby traps and kill me and all that just cuckoo stuff and you know even you know her her even her son with gary uh alex is kind of you know, pushed her away in the last few years, like because mm-hmm. she's got a little too over the top, and you know. So, um, yeah, as Eric said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this will because if if they rule for Luke and them, 
Um, it's, it, I mean, I think it's it, good. It should be it good for the up. hobby. It's going to be very good for the hobby because it's going to put the name Gary back in the back in the forefront where it should be, yep. and not on the back burner and being protected from God knows what. I don't know why it's being protected. I mean, for those of you that remember, um, all the work with Troll Lord Games had to be destroyed because that that was part of Gary's deal. And once Gail took over, she said, "No, I'm not going to continue this contract. You have to destroy everything that Gary wrote for you." So that meant. Um, Legendary Adventures, all that stuff was out of print, gone forever. That means yep. Castles a gig, all the Castles a gig stuff. That's why it's three to five hundred dollars, and you see one on eBay because it's never going to be reprinted again. I mean, all that stuff. That was all stuff that could have spread Gary's name out there. Uh, Jeff Telanian, who had co-wrote uh, Castles a gig, uh, they had a plan where I mean they were going to publish the whole Castles a gig, all whatever twenty levels of it. That was right. all gone. I mean, all, all that stuff just disappeared. It's a, it's, a, it's a tragedy. It's it's a shame. Now, the, the other question that folks have asked me recently is, what's the update on the Gygax Memorial Fund? I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the last tax return that's uh, up. Because remember, there's no more website. And the, the Facebook page doesn't get updated. But uh, the last tax return that was filed was 2018 when the 2019 one goes up, I will cover it on the blog, and at least we'll look at what 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 income is being. That's a tragedy too. I mean, that's that, that's just that's sad out. too. To this day, the only memorial to Gary is the ones his kids bought and put in the stone. That, by the way, Gail disparages that, which is ridiculous. That she's done shit, and she yep. will she takes every chance she gets to disparage that that uh memorial to Gary when it's the only one we have. <laughs> yeah. from, you, know, you know, and her stuff is just twisting in the wind it's it's not going anywhere so 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 man we, co we covered a lot for not having a special guest we did maybe it's better we didn't have a special guest this week because we, <laughs> we, we had a backlog we, we didn't even get to shadow whatever dream shadow or whatever the fuck that was <laughs> we didn't even get to the uh Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, shadow, 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 whatever the hell. Oh, oh God. Yeah, Hold we cover that some other time. We don't have to. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that was funny too, because that was a, that was a me too. Or uh, I always like it when me too gets the people who love me too. And then, oh, wait, by the way, you're being me too. What? Me? I didn't do anything wrong. Well, yeah, you did. Oh, oh well, but no, but I. <laughs> I didn't mean I didn't mean to get caught doing something wrong. Oh wait, wait a second! I thought this was getting other people in trouble. I didn't know I was going to get in trouble for me too. Yeah, you're going to get in trouble for me too. So, so we'll I, cover I, that some other time. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Because you know, not, 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 I that's what I really listen. If you screw up and you fall on the sword, you know what? I can't stay mad at you. I can't because you're like I I I yeah I, I fucked up. I I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, all right, I did it. But I hate the. Uh, well, you know, I'm really sorry that you're upset with me because <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, sorry I upset you that. because you know my actions upset you. I'm sorry, not that you're sorry for your actions. I'm sorry that my actions upset you, and you being upset really is your fault and your problem. And I, but I'm sorry that you feel that way about my actions. That makes that's uh, not a fucking by, apology. By the way, we couldn't push. I can't believe we couldn't push Greg's Kickstarter. So I've been watching all night. We're at sixty one thousand nine sixty three. We went down two hundred, then up a hundred, then down another hundred, then up three hundred. I mean, it just sat there. Come on, guys, let's push this over sixty two. Push it, push it, really. I, I think good. we, I think we can make sixty five. We've got twenty one hours to go. I think by this time tomorrow we'll we'll be at sixty five. I'm hoping so. 
Um, Greg puts out a good product. If you haven't backed it yet, you don't know what you're missing. You need to really uh, toss 60 bucks at it. Or and remember, your money, if you're in America, you're getting bang for your buck because this is in Canadian dollars, which means you're making, what, 80 cents on the dollar or whatever it is. So, yeah. Right. So you're, just, yeah. You're, you're saving money by buying. You are. Your you're actually saving money by spending money, as yeah. crazy as it is. And yeah, his, go figure that one out. So for Canadian eighty dollars, you get the hardcover PDFs. That I think that comes out in American dollars to like sixty-five. I mean, so it's so it's a good deal. Yes, it, it. And Greg puts out quality products. Definitely back him. I want to see this at sixty-five thousand when it ends. If it was at seventy, I'd be extremely ecstatic because I, I'm, I feel. Greg's one of the good ones, We don't even get a fucking share of this, man. No, we don't. don't. And we're the people who made, we basically made Greg. Greg Greg was just sitting there, you know, he would make like, I don't know, 20, 40,000 to Kickstarter. No big deal. But he comes on our show, boom, 60,000. I mean, just like that, you know. Come on. We we are the the secret. And folks, (laughs) if if you're watching this, whether you're watching this live or you're watching this uh, later on, or even if you're listening on Anchor, Go to go to youtube.com backward slash Eric Tankar if you're listening on Anchor. But if you're watching this right now, please. Oh, 62, 62. Yes. Woo-hoo! I don't know hit, who listened to me and bought button. it, but I, I, I love you. Hit Whoever the subscribe button for the channel. Hit the like button. Comment it. Listen, we have yes. picked up a huge number of subscribers. Yesterday, which would have been uh, March 30th, we had the best traffic so far wow. on the channel. We had over 300 views. Listen, we are a small. I'm shocked. YouTube I'm shocked. Channel. Anybody wants to listen to us, I'm shocked. I, but listen, I I appreciate everything. I appreciate all the listeners. If you want to listen, if you have a voicemail that you want Mike and I to play back, I can do that now. I can play back that stuff live. So three four seven five zero nine five one six eight three four seven five zero nine five one six eight. Tell Mike how sexy he is. If you want to, if you want to sponsor a show, we 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 have had a show sponsor before. We will if you want to if you have a product coming out, you'd like us to pimp you every ten minutes or so and talk about Ooh. your product. We we do that. We're, yeah. We'll just, hold it, we'll hold it up in my green screen. We'll block it out. Yeah. But I say, please, please we, buy we have, we have, yeah. Hippie Shitty's latest product. We have no shame. We will product. definitely. Oh, you know what? Something I was going to bring up, but we, we got to go. But. Um, we we I think we need to start talking about what we're going to do for North Texas. I think we're we need to be looking at our alive from North Texas that Wednesday night, March or um, June third. Definitely, definitely, that'd be yeah. fun. So that yeah. that may be something to pencil in your schedules. We will be doing a live from North Texas on June. Was it fourth, third, or fourth? Uh, at at North Texas, and and who knows who will we'll be? Oh my gosh, we'll have such a cast of weird characters to pull from. We may, who knows who we may just pull in for that one. So right, uh, and, and we and we may have to draw like our own cone of uh, viral silence <laughs> because I'm not podcasting oh, for two hours uh, wearing a mask, but I will be vaccinated. No. I am vaccinated. I will be vac- I, I will be fully vaccinated by then too. So, so Mike will be. Rach will be. So. Um, we will have probably we, we may right. have to put ourselves in a, in a secluded area that's away from the general mm-hmm. yep. public. But actually, ac- according to uh, the CDC, we can't infect anybody. You're allowed to gather in small groups. And CDC so, CDC has said we are allowed to gather in small groups among other vaccinated people. We will be taking advantage of that for the cause. 
Right. So that's what we will have. We will do it great. And if you have any topics you want us to cover, just like a, little said, just a little foreshadowing. Too much. It's too much. Two months from now, but we're just, I'm just throwing it out yeah. there. So just let you know. Yeah. Two months from now, we're looking at North Texas. So three four seven five zero nine five one six eight. Subscribe, like, comment. We are not medical yes. professionals, we're, we're, but common sense. Listen, I got vaccinated because I've got multiple comorbidities. Uh, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you know what? That I'm not telling you what to do. I'm going to say use your common sense to keep yourself, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your community healthy and safe. Uh, be safe. Be well. God bless. Roll those dice. Uh, knock on wood. I shall be back again tomorrow. Oh, and folks, if you're on the Discord server, uh, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, we do a live uh, hangout, doesn't get broadcast. We just chat and talk shit in the community. We are going to start doing at least one a month on Monday mornings at 9 a.m. to help those that are shift workers. Whoa. Yes. Uh, other side of the pond. Other side I'm of the interested. World. Yes. I, I love it. I'm up in the morning. That's great. All right. Be fine. All right, folks. On that note, I'm, I'm gonna bow out. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. All right, we're, we're gonna get this thing. Get this party started. All right, folks. Later. Later, everybody. <laughs>